Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26. Listen what the Word says. It says, Be ye angry. Yeah, I, I got that one down pretty well. <laughs> Be ye angry and sin not. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. This morning, very quickly, by God's grace, going to preach as we remember we started last week with a, um, a series of messages coming out of this passage here, uh, verse 25 uh, on through about being transformers. Remember, we talked about the, the movies that have been made and the toys where uh, it's a, a robot-looking thing, but you can change it into something else. And as we looked last week, we looked at if we're transformed, because remember, the, uh, Paul prayed the prayer, and he asked for the inner man to be strengthened, because if there's transformation, and we've heard testimonies already this morning, the transformation is not from the outside, but the transformation happens inside and it, then it will work its way outward. So we're transformed. We've been changed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if that has happened, we looked last week, that then our tongue should be transformed. The way we use our words, the way we talk to others. And this morning, we're going to see, not only do we see a transformed tongue, but we're going to see a transformed temper. See, if the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, the Holy Spirit has control of you. Would you agree with that? And if He has control over you, He has control of the way you use your words... And if He has control over you, He will control your emotions. Some of you have already gotten kind of puckered up here now and says, oh man. But here we see that Paul is quoting from Psalms 4.4. Three things. First of all, we see that it is a command. Notice it says, Be ye angry. That is in the imperative uh, form, which means it is a command. Some of you are already having a little revival in your hearts right now. It says, whoa, praise God, I got this one. I can be angry. Well, just hang on. There's more to it than that. But it is a command. It is okay to have what some would call righteous indignation. It's okay to have holy Anger. We understand our Lord Jesus got angry. He got angry when He healed a man and the Pharisees came and uh, gave Him all kinds of grief because He healed it was on the, uh, the Sabbath. Jesus got angry about that. He got angry that the religious crowd uh, was upset about what He was doing. He healed somebody. And so he got angry about that. What did he get? Well, a number of things. First of all, he got angry that they were religious and they had not come to know him in a relationship form. See, we ought to be angry at religion. Religion is not what we're here about. We're not religious people. 
We're righteous people. And the reason why we're righteous people is because we have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's okay to be angry. It's also to be angry about the injustice that we see all around about us. It's okay to be angry. And should we not be angry when we know that they are killing unborn, innocent lives? We ought to get angry about that. It's not right. It's not of God. And we ought to be angry about that. We ought to be angry. We ought to have some holy anger about the mistreatment of children. We ought to be angry of the porn epidemic that is sweeping our nation. We ought to get angry there are those who have wicked and vile and perverted actions towards others, especially in the area of children, especially of those women that they're being enslaved and they've been driven into prostitution. We ought to get angry about that. And so here the Bible is quite clear that we should be angry. Jesus not only got healed uh, angry when he healed a man, but remember he went to the temple one day and he turned uh, the tables. Why was that? Because he was angry that they were perverting worship. We ought to get angry at Satan when he has clouded our minds and clouded our thoughts and gotten us into an attitude that's not right and that we've come into the church, we ought to get angry that worship has been hindered because of our sin. You ought to be angry about that. You ought to get a little angry about those things that are just not right. And so we see the command form. I started thinking about maybe our problem is that we have not got angry enough. Because when you get angry, that usually involves you go into action, does it not? Maybe the church or the living God has not gotten angry over these things and many others that we could talk about that we've gotten so complacent about it that it really doesn't upset us that people are dying and going to hell all around us. Maybe it's time for Hillcrest Baptist Church to get a little angry at the unholy, ungodly things going on. Amen. Amen. Some of you agree with that. So what would it mean here? What, what does that have to do with anything? Well, holy anger. Holy anger. That's what Jesus, would you believe, or would you agree with me this morning that we see evidence that Jesus got angry, but did He sin? Of course not. He got angry, but He didn't sin. And so that's the second thing that we're going to see is that there should be a caution. There should be a caution. Now, so, what is the oh, what determines if it's a if it's a righteous anger or is it a, a anger that leads to sin? But before we go to that, I, I came across this quote. It's it's a, a quote that really started me thinking. It says this. It says a person that cannot now y'all got write write this one down. This is a good one. I, I got it from somewhere else. It's not original, but it's good. 
It says a, per, a, a person that cannot feel anger towards evil could lack enthusiasm for what's good. If you can't get angry at get angry at evil, then you might have a problem embracing what's good. But then he goes on and says uh, that uh, that it's hard not to hate uh, wickedness or hate wrongdoing. Uh, it'd be even harder for you to love righteousness. And so with that in mind, we see that there's, but it is a command, be ye angry. But notice, there's also a caution. Be ye angry and sin not. Okay? Now, how do we determine? How do we know what, what is righteous or holy anger or what's anger that will lead us to sin? I'm glad you asked. First of all, we have to see the, 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 the caution. And here's the problem. Our problem is not with anger in and itself. We all do a pretty good job of that, right? We all do a pretty good job of that, do we not? Okay. To those of you that not respond, then we're preaching on lying uh, once again because you didn't get that first message. We all have problems of anger from time to time. Right? We get angry. I know 95% of you get angry when you have to deal with this traffic light that Brother Glenn calls demon-possessed. <laughs> By the way, that's not the only demon-possessed light in this town. I think the whole system's demon-possessed, but especially when we're in a hurry, right? And, but, here, here, what's other, but here's what happens. Usually our anger does not come at the right thing and does not come at the right time. That's where our problem lies. Would you agree with that? Our, most of the time our anger is not at the right thing and it's not at the right time. So how do we determine that? Well, we determine that uh, very easily. First of all, we have to determine where our anger is stemming from. And most of the time, our anger is our selfishness. I'm telling you the truth. We get angry, especially when it has to do with us, how it affects us. How, 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 how do, what do we think about something that someone has said to me? Or something that someone has done to me? And I get angry over that. And so if it's pertaining to me, we're in dangerous territory where we got to be cautious that our anger causes us to sin. Okay, is this making sense? Now watch this. But if our anger is because we see harm and injustice to others, we're probably on the right track that our anger is holy anger. Okay, what do you mean by this? Brother Terry comes to me. He says, Brother Mike, I just want you to know I enjoyed your message, but I just really think you went too far with it. Now, he could, have been, he could be right. But it, something boils up inside me. 
And next thing I know, I'm done ticked off at Ted. I might not say it to his face, but I get in the car and Rebecca, nosing in the car with me, has to hear my venting. <laughs> You're not going to believe. Do you know that he had the gall to come and tell me I went over. What does he think? What does he know? I'll tell you what. I, and then next thing I know, I'm darn right and I'm doing slandering him. I, I'm, now I'm spreading gossip. I'm going around. Not only am I telling my family, but I'm going to go ahead and tell anybody that's going to listen to me. Brother Glenn, uh, uh, Glenn Hollis, I'm going to tell Glenn. I said, Glenn, I just want you to know we need to be praying for Terry because what, you know what he said to me? And Glenn said, I'm mad with you. Let's go whip him. I said, that's an excellent idea. Let's go ahead and give him a what for. The nerve of him. Say, now, do you see? Now my anger has turned into where I'm sinning. Now, Brother Jim comes to me. He says, oh, Brother Mike, I got something we need to pray for about. I said, what's that? And he tells me, of a man that he knows that has gone and taken young ladies and now he's pimping them out. I said, do what? Do, do you? He says, yes. I said, what's this guy's name? He says, well, I don't know what the guy's name is. And so now my, I'm getting angry. Should I not get angry? Of course I should be getting angry. And so I'm getting angry, not because it's affect, uh, not because it's coming at me. It's because someone has been mis, uh, uh, has been mistreated, and someone has been violated because of the depravity of a human being. That's when we need to know that's holy anger. Now I'm not going to go out there, and I'm going to say, I'll tell you what we'll do with him. And some of you have already thought the same thing already. We're going to go ahead and get us a butcher knife and you can go ahead and let your imagination run with you. <laughs> Am I not telling you the truth? You, oh boy, if I ever caught him, that'd be the last one he misuses. Now my anger has caused me to sin. Are you catching this? And so here we see there's a caution. What's the caution? The caution is that we do not sin, that we do not cross that line. And matter of fact, it is a very fine line, is it not? Of course it is. And so we see that the, the, the caution, this caution is that we do not need to sin, uh, that we don't uh, need to go uh, that way. That w it causes us uh, to go and, and to go uh, take a step further. Now what happens here? Now watch this. If I'm not able to control my anger, even if it's holy anger, if I'm not able to control that to where I've gone and sinned, then that hinders my worship. Some of you have come into this service and you've been angry. You were angry because your wife read, gave you the right act before y'all got in the car and came to church this morning. She said, it's your fault that we're running late. If you gotten up on time, 
we wouldn't be late. It's your fault. It's always your fault. I don't know why you cannot get up a little bit earlier. Maybe you need to start going to bed a little earlier on Saturday night and then we can get to church on time. It's your fault. And so you've heard that. You gotten worked up. You're mad. And you come into the parking lot on two wheels. You stop. Don't park right. Slam the door. Don't help the wife with the four kids that you got that need to be gotten out of car seats. You just slam the door and you're walking in here and you're mad. He says, I don't know why I ever married that woman. I'm telling you, I, I, all that. And then you walk through the door, you see Randy or Brother Robert, and then you'll say, they'll say, Good morning. You'll say, Good morning. <laughs> Is your family with you? They're somewhere around here. And then you go to Sunday school and you're pouting in Sunday school. You're mad. You're angry. And then you come into this service and then you walk away thinking, well, you know, I thought sure somebody gets saved today. Am I telling you the truth? Your anger will hinder your worship. And watch this. Your anger will also affect your faithfulness. You've gotten mad at somebody here at church. And you're mad. And you've said things like, if I wasn't saved, I'd already taken care of this situation. I took them out back and I'll beat the living daylights out of him. Matter of fact, even though I am saved, I'm thinking about doing it anyway. <laughs> And we chuckle at that, but it goes on. Why are you mad at them? Didn't like what they said. Well, what did they say? Did they say you was a pervert or something? No. Just didn't like the tone of his voice. And so now you're mad. And so what happens now is Satan comes in and starts feeding that to where he says, you know what? I don't know why you keep going to that church. Everybody's ticked you off. And by the way, if everybody's ticked you off, do you ever thought maybe it's you? Just throwing it out there, okay? Just throwing it out there. And so he, so, so it hinders. So, you know, you get up and you say, you know, what's the use of going? I just stay mad. Here's what, how we spiritualize things, though. Well, the reason I haven't been coming to church is because I'm, yeah, yeah, I got a bad attitude. Yeah, my anger's got the best of me, and I just don't want to hinder the service. Oh, okay, that's cool. Glad you're not coming. Uh, that's all right. You, you go ahead, continue to wallow in your anger. What's wrong with us? But not only anger will, uh, it, will hinder, it will hinder your joy. When anger has taken over your, your life and has controlled you, you lose your joy. And because you're angry, you're wanting everybody else to be ticked off. Misery loves company. And so we're going around, we're mad. 
Now we're mad not because there was heresy preached from the pulpit. We're not mad because my Sunday school teacher uh, reads the Reader's Digest. Uh, We're not mad about theological things. We're mad about, well, I just don't like their personality. I just don't like the way they talk to me. I don't think... And so the anger, not, it's not holy anger. It's because it's affected you. And because we're selfish. Because... Hey, let's, let's just go ahead. We've gone to meddling, into, uh, uh, preaching into meddling. I understand that. And I am not, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to, to put you down. I'm just saying, let's go ahead. If we're in church where there should be truth, let's go ahead and be truthful about the whole matter. This thing is about me. What I think it ought to be. And so when someone comes against that, we get mad about it. And then because of our anger, we have now affected the whole body. Well, I don't go, I don't know. We ain't seen a move of God for a long time. Could it be because you've got, you haven't gotten control of your anger? You just stay ticked off. You will have no joy. I mean, 14 people could get saved. You'll still find something negative about the service. Am I telling you the truth? And so here, if we're transformed, we ought to have our emotions transformed. And we're not letting our emotions handle us. We ought to be able to handle our emotions. Okay? So, now moving on. So, what, what does that mean? How can I do that? Boy, it's really hard to do that, especially if you've been done wrong. Well, it is possible. There was a young man. He was a freshman going into Texas A&M. His name was Bruce Goodrich. Bruce Goodrich was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he was going through initiation. He wanted to be an Aggie. He was going to go into the, uh, the Corps of Cadets. And so their initiation, uh, he had to run. So they made him run, and they made him run, and they made him run. Uh, they were abusive to him. Uh, they did him wrong. They mistreated him. And they made him run and continue to make him run. Long story short, he literal, this literal, he ran himself to death because of the mistreatment of others. Now understand, he was a believer. His family were believers as well. Not long after the death of his son, Bruce's daddy wrote a letter to the administration at Texas A&M. He also wrote a letter to the student body. And he also wrote a letter to the Corps of Cadets. And in his letter, I'm uh, shortening here. And in his letter, he says, First and foremost, we have no ill will towards anyone at Texas A&M of the death of our son. He had every right to blast them because they were wrong. But he goes on. He says, we have no ill will. He says, because we've come to realize that God is a mighty God and we know that our son, even though we're saddened, even though we're grieving, even though we're upset that we know because of the testimony of our son, he's in a far better place today. 
And I'm writing this letter to you to express to you, even though he was mistreated, we're praying that maybe the short time that our son was there on your campus, that his Christian witness could very well be passed on to where someone comes to know this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we worship and we know is taking care of our son in a place called heaven today, that maybe that short time he was there, he was able to make an influence on somebody else's life for all eternity. He had every reason to go with guns blazing, but they chose to use their words wisely and not let their anger control them. When I read that story, I thought, wow. Wow. And there could be somebody here this morning. You have been done wrong. You've been mistreated. But the Lord Jesus Christ can help you to control your emotions and your anger for the good and for the cause of Jesus Christ if you are willing to let Him do so. But then we see there's a condition. What's the condition? Notice it says, And don't let the sun go down on your wrath. A very wise man told me before I got married... He said, son, when you get in an argument with your wife, and of course, I was fixing to get married. I was, you know, I was in uh, la-la land then. You know how it is when, uh, you know, you're courting and, and, you know, your eyes just kind of glaze over. And when you think about it, you start, uh, you know, slobbering comes out and you just... You know, and they said, hey, you know, you're going, uh, do you love a whole man? I love her so much. And, you know, you get all that and you're thinking, oh, this is, this is going to be wonderful. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be laughter. and It's going to be singing all the days of our life. And, you know, and, the, and you're going to hear the music start playing in the background as you're thinking about it. And you're just kind of goofy, you know. And, and, and so I was at that stage. Um, by the way, it doesn't take long to get out of that fight. But anyway, <laughs> just saying. And, and, and so he says, when you get in an argument with your wife, make sure you settle it before you go to bed. Now, I have not always followed that advice, and it's always come back to bite me. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about don't let the sun go down on your wrath. What is he talking? He's talking about here, if you do not get that anger under control, it leads to resentment. Okay? Now watch this. Not only resentment, but that resentment, if it continues to go on, turns into bitterness. And that bitterness will turn into self-righteousness. You see where we're going with this? Your anger, when it does not get taken care of, leads to resentment. Resentment leads to bitterness. Bitterness becomes to where you're saying, everybody else is wrong, I'm the only one right in this place. 
And because of that, it will choke the very life out of you. It will choke uh, your peace. It will choke your joy. How do we know that? Look at verse number 27. We're closing. Verse number 27. Now, <clears throat> the Word of God is not just happen chance. The Word of God is, uh, is divinely inspired. Would you agree with that? So when God spoke it, He knew exactly how it needed to fall out. Verse number 27 is not just thrown in there. Notice verse 26, it says, Get control of your anger. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get it settled. Go ahead and repent of that. Confess that so you will not sin. And then he says, verse 27, And don't give place to the devil. Why would he say that? Because that's exactly what will happen if you do not get control over your anger. Satan comes in and he has a heyday. I mean, it's like going to Disneyland for him. I mean, he's thinking, whoa, right. Man, this won't be too hard to get them all stirred up anymore. This won't. And what he wants to do is to rob you of your peace and to rob you of your joy. There's somebody here today that your peace and your joy has been taken from you. And it's been taken from you because you've not been able to control your emotions and you let your anger cause you to sin. And that's where we're at today. We've been transformed means that we can get control over our emotions because greater he that's in me than he that's in the world. And what you need to do this morning is that you need to yield to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit take control of your emotions. Somebody here today needed to hear this. There was somebody that needed to hear this about five days ago when I was starting to gather and start to work on this message because Mike Shelby needed to hear the message. So don't go and think, well, he's just giving it to us today. It was given to me five days ago because I have problems sometimes with letting my anger get the best of me. Be ye angry, holy anger. Sin not. You're here today and you really struggle with your anger. Oh, I've always been like this. Well, you may always been like this, but you don't have to stay like that. Because Jesus Christ wants you to have control over your emotions so that you can have control over your life.